Welcome to episode 5 of A Fresh Perspective with Victoria. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Thank you to those of you who are listening to every episode. I see you. I appreciate you. It's still so crazy to me to have this level of support from people regarding something that I am so passionate about. I'm really excited for this week's episode. It's just a light and fun episode. And I'm also super excited for some upcoming plans I have for future episodes. I really want to talk about certain topics that we don't always talk about in our day to day. And I want to talk to people who have unique experiences related to those topics and issues or that just are open to sharing their story with me. So I'm super excited for the next couple of weeks. Hopefully everything works out. This is definitely still a work in progress. However, wherever you're listening, if you are able to leave a review or to rate the podcast, please do so. Please give me five stars. That would mean the world to me. It will only ensure that this thing grows and gets more visible, which is ultimately what I want. I really want to see where I can take this. So again, thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. And here's this week's episode. I have to think about how I'm going to introduce you. I never know how to introduce people at the very beginning. As your most favorite friend, even above Haley. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me this week for my podcast is my friend Cassandra. We've been friends for a couple of years now. We were uh, co-workers for a couple of years, too. I was her manager, but now she's managing her own team of people who are not as amazing as I am. And uh, today, I really wanted to invite her to talk to me about something that we are both kind of obsessed with, which is the show The Bachelor. (laughs) The Bachelorette. And The Bachelorette and The Bachelor in Paradise, all of it. But, I mean, we're going to talk about other things too, but I definitely wanted to bring you on because I think... You and I always talk about it. I think that you're probably the person I know that's been watching it the longest, so you have more, like, knowledge and, like, input, I guess I would say, on, like, previous seasons and everything like that. Um, So I just want to get into that a little bit, but first I want you to talk a little bit about yourself, who you are, and uh, everything about you. Everything. Wow. Okay. We don't have enough time for that. Um, no. Uh, so my name is Cassandra and I, uh, like Victoria said, used to report to her. Um, and I now manage a support team in Denver, Colorado, and um, I'm just living my best life out here in the cold. Um, I uh, do love everything Bachelor and Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise and Bachelor Pad, R.I.P., um, and, uh, I don't follow them religiously in, on, like, social media, but I do love to kind of be like, oh my gosh, did you see so-and-so is dating so-and-so from the past seasons and watch all those weird kind of incestual relationships form, so. Yeah, and you're someone who gets these people who have been on the show to respond to you very frequently, which makes me super jealous. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know why that happens because I'll randomly comment on some posts and just they'll like or they'll they'll respond to me and I'm like oh okay like I just started following you today but um, yeah there have there have been some weird instances where I'm like oh my god like when Charlene replied to one of my comments I like fangirled a little bit too hard so 
I don't blame you. I would fangirl if any of them ever liked anything that I said. <laughs> and Charlene is, like, incredible. Like, she's just so beautiful and such a good human. Yeah. Um, you remember her, right, from one Pablo season, the opera singer? Yeah. I only yeah. remember her because of you, though, because I didn't really watch that season, but... Love her. Love her so much. Yeah. Uh, so that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. There's nothing else to me. <laughs> nothing whatsoever. <laughs> I love that you didn't even mention Brian, which makes me like <laughs> Brian is her fiance, so that's hilarious. Uh, but back to important things. <laughs> yes, I am engaged to be married. Uh, when did you start watching The Bachelor? I started watching The Bachelor actually with my mom. Uh, the very first season, and I don't know that she knew what it would ever turn into, um, <laughs> because my mom's pretty traditional. Yeah. Um, so I started, I watched the first season with Alex, and he picked Amanda as his winner, um, and they didn't get married, of course. They did date for a while. Um, so that's back in, like, 2002, I think, maybe 2001. I think 2002, because I'm pretty sure I was 12. Um, and then I stopped probably around 2006. I think the last season I watched was Charlie because I remember his hair. Um, He has great hair or he had great hair. And then I didn't watch until Brad Womack's second season when he picked Emily. So I didn't see um, like Jake Pavelka who's pretty well known in the Bachelor world. Um, I didn't see Deanna Pappas. I didn't see Ali Fidatowski. However, funny story with Allie is I used to work for a mortgage company, um, and one of our insurance people was actually Roberto, who was her winner, Uh, and so I got to talk to him pretty regularly on the phone. (laughs) So random. He sweats a lot. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, Well, I do want to start talking about Bachelor in Paradise. So I am almost done with the last with last night's episode. I haven't finished it yet, but I just kind of want to talk about it because I, this season specifically, I feel like I'm annoyed at the fact that they are all meeting each other before they're together. Uh-huh. And... Like, the whole Blake situation, like, was super annoying. I still love him. Like, I don't judge him at all because he's, like, one of my all-time favorites. But I just feel like it's not what the show is supposed to be about. Like, they're all supposed to be meeting new people and not, like, working or, like, already having, like, established feelings or, like, attraction to people. So do you feel the same way about it? Or what are your feelings on it? Yeah, I definitely think that it's changed in the way that, um, you know, some people would be like, oh, I really want to see so-and-so from so-and-so season. Like, Mm -hmm. I just thought that they always seemed so fun or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's not like they had ever met. Um, It's not like they had ever spent time together or written in, like, the same friend circles. So it is kind of weird. Um, Blake in particular, uh, maybe – hung around too many people. Um, So I think if it was one person, it might not have felt so connected, but it did feel like they all knew each other and they were all kind of friends before. And um, I mean, I guess I can't fault them for just all wanting to go to the beach with their friends, but um, there definitely is no, or I should say, isn't, there's not as much 
of that surprise of like Evan and Carly, for example. You're like, what the heck? I never saw those people getting together. Yeah. Um, You kind of lose like that. I don't even know. Random coupling that we used to have. Yeah. And then one thing that I noticed, because I'm almost done watching this episode, is uh Connor who like for some reason I also love but like I don't want to like him because he has this like surfer like he talks really weird and Uh, yeah (laughs) and I'm just like why do I like this kid because he's only 24 but it's just it was so sad to watch him like wait for one girl to come and then he leaves and then she shows up five minutes after him I was just thinking this poor kid, like, got his heart broken, and the producers just really screwed him over. Like, they could have told him, just wait, like. (laughs) It was pretty funny, though, because then they showed that clip of Kaylin, who who he had been talking with before she left with Dean, interrupting him and Whitney Whitney at the wedding. Yeah. I was like, that is so comical like it was honestly master maneuvering on the producer's part but it was uh I mean yeah he was he was bummed for sure it was just so hilarious because I feel like that whole wedding which I do want to talk about too but it felt like one massive like group date where everyone was still pulling each other aside like I'm like it's a fucking wedding like act like you're in a normal social situation like you don't have to ask permission to steal someone for five minutes can I steal you for a second you're in a group setting yes it was or you could just join this conversation yeah it was so freaking weird but so my other thing about this season is are do you think cast members are like entitled I guess or allowed to be upset if they're ex I'll put that in quotes because I feel like everyone in Bachelor Nation dates each other at some point are they allowed to be upset if they show up well okay first of all I always think everybody's feelings are valid even if I don't like their feelings yeah um so like if someone's upset they have a right to be upset um that's how they feel however um, I'm, I'm assuming you're referring to Clay and Angela. Yes. Um, I don't think that Clay gets to be upset towards her or cause any issues like he was. Like, he was constantly talking about it. If he's upset, that's one thing. He needs to process his feelings around it. That's okay. But for him to kind of go badmouth her almost to people around the beach and be like, what the heck? Like, I don't want to look at my ex this whole time. Like, that's pretty not cool. Especially because she didn't even do anything. He pulled her aside both times. Yeah. So I think that's pretty telling that maybe he's just actually not ready to move on from that relationship fully. Yeah. Um, and having her there just kind of reminded him that he wasn't quite ready. And, and it was a guilty conscience of more than anything. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that whatever anyone's feeling, they're allowed to feel the way that they feel. I just, I got frustrated watching this particular, like, relationship and this, like, plot or whatever, because it's essentially just, like, I think of this group, Bachelor Nation, of being, like, just a group of friends, and if you start dating somebody within that group of friends, if you still choose to hang out with them after you break up, like, you don't, I don't get to go out in public with that group of friends and be like, why is so-and-so here? Like, we're not together anymore. It's like, you also chose to be here, you know, like, with knowing that because you're not together, that there's also a possibility they'll show up again. So I just got kind of frustrated with that. And then I hate 
I hate Nicole. <laughs> I, think... I, I had a feeling you were going to say that. For So real quick, I'm going to back up. Another thing I would say is we probably didn't see this, but they probably talked at the wedding, and it probably did come up that Angela might be on the show mm-hmm. because um, the wedding that they were at was in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So it only makes sense, like, oh, okay, we might bring this person on the show. I'm sure Clay had some kind of inkling. It's not like it wasn't a possibility at all. The possibility is really strong. Yeah. Nicole, I don't hate her. That's a strong word. I'll take it back. I don't hate her. I dislike (laughs) her. I think she's a mean girl. Well, and that's the part that I was really disappointed about is because I always thought she was really compassionate. Um, Her brother, I think, has some developmental disabilities. Mm -hmm. If I remember from the last season, I was really shocked when she was like mocking Angela and calling Angela crazy, which is its own issue with ableism and everything. But um, yeah, it was it was really unattractive to see her, and I was actually really disappointed that Tasha kind of joined in. Absolutely, um, I, I really love Tasha, uh, so it was disappointing to see her mock another woman who hadn't even done anything. So yeah, like she just shows up. And I will say there was also a comment made at the wedding by Ashley I, who's one of my all time favorites. But talking about her weight and how, Mm -hmm. oh, she's so skinny now. And I was just like, that was so, I didn't like it. And I wish that they hadn't included it, even though it was obviously conversations that were being had. I just feel like it's still a way of them pitting women against women, which we know happens, but now they're just broadcasting it for everyone to see. Yeah, the editors and producers could have left that out, recognizing that there's so many expectations around women's bodies and um, how we feel like we have to look and um, just setting a good example. Like I I think that they've been really open um, and kind of a lot more progressive than they have been in the, you know, last, what years, 15-ish years. Mm -hmm. So it's been awesome to see that. But then for them to air that comment, like just made it feel like we're back in the 1950s and we're just all these trophy women. So yeah. I agree. Yeah. Was not a fan of that whole situation. What I am a fan of is Blake either being the one that's crying the whole season or comforting all his bros while they're crying. Like, it's it's my favorite thing, I think, this season is watching Blake cry or watching him comfort <laughs> John Paul Jones and Connor while they're crying. Like, it's yeah. it just makes me love him even more because it's like he just – puts it all out there and he just was he was just being such a good friend for these guys and like most of the time they're being super dramatic who jpj his cries are the most dramatic thing in the world (laughs) they're so great i love them see and that's funny because i actually don't like blake um first of all his name is not my favorite name in the world um and he i don't know i think he throws a lot of red flags around like first in becca's season when he was like, no one's ever going to love you the way that I love you. Like, that's very possessive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, he might not have meant it possessive, but it came off, like, red flags everywhere. Uh, um, and, the, and also the way that he kind of treated Christina, like, like he acted as if it was this re- revelation that he's, like, actually all in for her. But I think feel like she was like his plan C. (laughs) Yeah absolutely (laughs) and like it was like a returning it was just like a rotation of like I'm gonna try all these other girls but Christina's still there which 
Yeah. I have my own issues with Christina, but I think she's also a mean girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In our own right, definitely. But I, I will say him comforting all the guys did redeem him in my eyes. And then when, um, when Dean left and Kaylin was really sad, he made a comment like, oh my gosh, Kaylin's gone through so much yeah. this season. So I appreciated the fact that he's aware and he took pretty good ownership for the most part. However, him posting the text messages between him and Kaylin on Instagram was not okay. Not okay at all. And I think he knows that because he removed, he took them down, didn't he? Um, I think he did. Yes. Yeah. I think he took them down. I think it's just one of those things that in the heat of the moment, I mean, everyone wants to do things like that, but the majority of us don't also have thousands of followers across the country, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely, I, I mean, I do remember those moments too during the season when he was acting a little bit like a F boy, but it's definitely, he's also young as well, which is something I do want to talk about too, is over the course of the show, I, you can't help but notice that they're getting younger and younger and that they're not all on the show for the right reasons. And sometimes they're upfront about it, and sometimes they're not. <laughs> How do you think that affects the longevity of the show? Honestly, I think it's going to make it last longer because, especially with like the younger generations today, they see this, they see the fame, they see the money that mm-hmm. all these young hot contestants are getting, and that's attractive to them. So it's, I feel, you know, like have you ever seen those memes where it's like me at twelve, and it's like you with like, like the ugliest outfit ever and messed up hair. And then it's yeah. like people now at 12 and it, she looks like 25. Like, yeah. <laughs> those are the types of people that we're kind of breeding because of how readily available media is. And so I think it's just going to make the show last even longer, but um, hopefully they'll use it for, for some good instead of just uh, money grabs. Yeah. And just like self-promotion and everything. Everybody wants it's to be an influencer. Oh my gosh, it's so annoying. And I mean, I probably would do the same thing. I'm not like nearly hot enough to influence anybody, um, except for like to influence them to drink more. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But (laughs) I would probably do the same. However, when someone isn't super into the influencing thing, I find it so refreshing and it makes me want to follow them on Instagram and like like their posts more because they feel a lot more authentic and genuine yeah it's like do you have someone in mind that's like that from yeah I would say Desiree is pretty good I mean she definitely does promote stuff Mm -hmm. but she also posts a ton of her just like everyday life of like her with her kid kids I think they have two now um like just like regular moments and not necessarily like being like, Oh my gosh, look at my face. I'm so made up right now. And this shirt is from shop Fletch and you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) um, I mean, and then there's other people who I feel like have capitalized on it really successfully. Like Jordan and Jojo, like Mm -hmm. they promote the crap out of everything, but I still like them. Like they're still likable, even though I actually dislike Jordan on his own, but I like him with Jojo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I had to yeah. unfollow so many of them on Instagram. Well, who would you say is your favorite Bachelor couple of all time? They don't have to be together anymore. They could be broken up. Okay, I'm going to just go classic here. Trista and Ryan. That's um, mine. <laughs> I know, they're just the best. 
best, and they live in Colorado, so, like, I feel like we're connected, even though we've never met, never breathed the same air as them, but, um, I don't know, like, Ryan was just such a sensitive guy, and Mm -hmm. she didn't see through, or she didn't, like, overlook that stuff for the kind of BS that a lot of other guys, like, okay, I'm gonna compare it to this Andy Dorfman season, Mm -hmm. she could have picked Nick, the sensitive, amazing, perfect man. But she went with Josh Murray, mm-hmm. who had this big macho, bravado, manly man type thing. And look, they didn't laugh. And I truly believe that sensitive men who are able to be emotional and vulnerable will be a better partner in the, in the long run. Yeah. And I think that that's why Ryan and Trista have lasted so long. Yeah, absolutely. I also hate Josh. And actually, I do hate him. I won't take it back. <laughs> oh, he's awful. He's awful. He has so many markings of an abusive person. Yeah. So, absolutely. I mean, there were red flags everywhere. Yeah. Who has been your least favorite bachelor and bachelorette? I'm going to say Raven and Adam. I know that they're technically a bachelor in paradise couple. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. I don't know. They work together, I guess. Who do you want to be the next Bachelor? Like, out of the people who are rumored, I guess you could say, or, like, have been talked about to be the Bachelor. I would have said Tyler, because I... Plot twist. No one saw that coming. I, like, don't even know anything about Gigi Hadid, but I don't like her. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm like, Gigi, let Hannah have Tyler. You are a supermodel. You can find literally anybody else. I know. And you pick Tyler. Like, rude. So rude. Anyways, um, so I would have said Tyler. Um, I do really like Mike. I think he's a really great guy, and I think he's genuinely looking for love, and his smile does light up the entire world. But I also think he's a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Peter. Um I mean, he's nice. Like, if I met him in person, I'd probably be like, wow, you're such a nice person. Um, But, again, doesn't make for the most fun TV. If Tasha and JPJ don't work out, I say JPJ. (laughs) Best season ever. (laughs) I went from really liking him to really not liking him when he attacked my baby, Derek Pett. Like, I love Derek. I always have. I didn't. Wasn't a fan of him being with Taylor because I think that Taylor is very pretentious. But I was just like, where is all this coming from? And also, I think everybody is guilty of whatever JPJ is accusing Derek of in this world. I think they all use their fame, I'll put that in quotes, to get certain things whether that's girls whether that's like getting into events and stuff like that you know and so I didn't really think it was fair of JPJ to do that but if if it was Derek and Derek wanted to talk to someone else JPJ wouldn't have cared but the fact is is JPJ clearly had really strong feelings for Tasha Mm -hmm. and so he one felt threatened but two like when you know someone is like, oh, yeah, I use my fame to sleep around, and they're going after the person that you want to be with, yeah. I think that fired him up. It wasn't the most attractive side of JPJ. However, I have heard rumors that Derek is not the nicest guy behind closed doors. Um, again, rumors, I, I wasn't there. So, um, but uh, Do you know um, someone that was there? 
<laughs> no, no, uh, just like things online and in like different Reddit threads and stuff like that. Subreddit. I will say also, Derek approached JPJ to talk, and JPJ asked not to, mm-hmm. and Derek kept pushing it. If that was a woman, like if a woman was saying like, "No, please don't talk to me. Like I don't want to talk about this." Mm-hmm. Like we would be, we would be having a way different conversation about the way that Derek forced that conversation to happen. Yeah. So. I agree. I also think that it all started, though, because JPJ was, like, railroading the conversation and, like, not – like, he was literally just, like, going, 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 going and wouldn't let Derek get in a word to even defend himself, which is yeah. something I'm not a fan of. Like, I – we can have a discussion. Like, we can have an argument even, but if you're just going to – basically like word vomit everything at me and then try to walk away from the conversation like I'm not gonna handle that well either you know yeah there definitely could it could have been handled a lot better still 100% love JPJ (laughs) we all have to we all have to stand somebody so you stand oh my gosh his laugh is the most joyous thing ever he was just so comical with the food situation like he should not have been eating anything outside normal food but yet he would still do it and then he would get sick like instantly like on these dates with girls it was it was bananas like I was just like stop eating all these weird foods like (laughs) and I loved when what's her face brought up like you don't eat the date food because like when do you ever see them eat the date food Never. Yeah, it was very um, meta. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh my god, they're acknowledging it. Yeah, <laughs> like it was breaking the fourth wall. It was hilarious. Yeah. My vote is for Mike for Bachelor. It, I, I do think he is a little bit too boring, but I also think, A, it's time to step it up and not have a white Bachelor. And Agreed. I think it's time to bring in somebody who's actually going to take it seriously because I feel like the last three-ish seasons... I feel like they're kind of breaking the rules. And I'm really happy that Hannah also broke the rules just like Colton did about, like, not ending the show how producers, like, want them to and everything. You know, like, I totally understand that. But it's like, but I also want to see somebody who's really looking to find their next, like, real relationship and to actually make it work through this process. That kind of goes back to the age thing. He's 31. Yeah. He's ready. He's not young 20s just out of college in his first big boy job like he is a mature man who wants to spend his life with someone yeah and exactly and that's totally what it is is that they're all and I think that's my frustration with their ages and everyone being kind of younger is you're only 24 why are you freaking out about finding your husband you know Mm mm-hmm yeah. So that's definitely a frustration that I have. But if anybody could be the ne- next Bachelor or Bachelorette, like a celebrity, who would you want to see be on the show? I would love to see someone plus size, first of all. I don't know if you remember Crystal's season. They had their first, like, plus size mm-hmm. contestant, and she was sent home night one. And this woman is absolutely incredibly beautiful, so that was really upsetting. But I would want to see someone funny. Like, I... Like, I love Caitlin Bristow and Hannah 
because they were fun. The reason I bring it up is because a couple of weeks ago, did you see that Lizzo tweeted about being on The Bachelorette? Lizzo would be perfect. <laughs> right? Like, Plus size, funny as hell, talented, beautiful, clever. Yeah. I agree. Popular. I definitely think Everyone it needs to be... Her. Yeah, I definitely think it needs to be somebody that is plus size and not even, I don't even, I hate saying plus size, but I just want to look at somebody normal. I want to see somebody real who looks real, first of all, and then is doing this with real intentions. Like, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that when I was finishing last night's episode, how much I love having Christian on there because... She almost never has a ton of makeup on. Mm -hmm. She's almost always wearing a cover-up or pants or something. She's not just sitting around in a bikini 100% of the time. Her hair's up in a messy bun. Like, it's so refreshing to see that. And then next to her is a girl that's all glammed up. Like, and I'm like, it's 1 o'clock and you're on the beach. Why do you have toner on your face? Like, (laughs) you don't need that. It shows that not everybody is going, like, I guess it's just nice to see her and Demi together because, Mm -hmm. like, they could not be more different. But then it's like, oh, like, Demi's into normal-looking people, you know? Like, she's not looking for someone that has all these unrealistic qualities, you know, that we would probably assume she is. And then, you know, so that's what's been nice for that is, like, to see her with just, like, a normal girl that she's happy with you know and so like that's what's been really nice for me about watching that relationship is it's not somebody who looks just like anybody else who's been on the show so that's been awesome exactly I want to ask one more thing kind of about this before we um get into a different topic what would your opening line be if you were a contestant I would want to try to think of something super corny and clever and I would probably plan ahead of time and like do something really funny but then I would like open the door and I'd be like I'm so fucking nervous (laughs) (laughs) or like holy shit it's here like that's probably I would probably plan and overanalyze everything and then I would just be like oh it's so nice to fucking meet you (laughs) like (laughs) at least you wouldn't get out and like have a fake Australian accent like that girl did (laughs) If I did, it would not be nearly as good as hers. <laughs> Ahoy, matey. <laughs> Ahoy, matey. That sounds like a pirate, not Australian. <laughs> Wait, before we move on, I do want to tell you. What? I go to Orange Theory in Denver. Um, I don't know if you know Orange Theory. It's like um, a workout cult, um, and they're everywhere. And... <laughs> Blake goes to my orange theory. Oh. Oh. Whenever he's in town. (laughs) I'll give him your number. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm sure I'm exactly what he's looking for. (laughs) Plan D. Uh, (laughs) What every girl wants. I want to talk about, so there were a couple of couples actually that just recently got married that met on the show. So I only wrote down Chris and Crystal and Jared and Ashley and then I realized that Rachel and Brian also got married but they're somewhat irrelevant so I'm not going to talk about them yeah (laughs) but so what are your thoughts did you I mean you obviously have you looked at like Jared and Ashley's wedding too yes I did so what are your thoughts on each of their weddings 
as a soon-to-be married woman yourself? First thought is they all looked absolutely incredible. Um, and Crystal and Ashley are both beautiful, beautiful women and were totally glowing. Um, and second thought was for Chris and Crystal's wedding, why the hell did they single people out and say, like, you're invited, but you're not? <laughs> <laughs> that was so uncomfortable. I would I would never do that. And I don't, I'm sure it was something that production asked them to do. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they did not say, like, oh, well, we're going to only invite this select group of people from this larger group of people. Um, however, it was so awkward. And as a bride who is like, very cognizant of, people's feelings and probably too cognizant of their feelings on my special day I was like whoa did they really just do that Jared and Ashley's wedding it felt all very Ashley it didn't look like Jared at all to me I mean it it seemed like her fairy tale wedding (laughs) which is great but I'm still unsure about them as a couple I don't know it's confusing why because they Jared like went back and forth with her I guess is that why and then once they finally went all in it all of a sudden felt very promotional oh like yeah they totally. made that long video and like like their whole wedding they partnered with like Crate and Barrel and again this comes back to that like influencer thing but like it it just all felt like okay now we're together and we're gonna smile for the cameras not, like, actually live our lives. Yeah, it all seems, it's literally all about the clout, is what I've determined, is these people really, I, most of them, I would say, don't do anything on social media or publicly without it benefiting them in some way, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that, and I don't think that's what a wedding should be about, so that was... I had similar feelings towards Ashley and Jared's wedding. I'm glad it wasn't like a ABC special or something, which I was half expecting it to be. And then <laughs> I'm, I also just, and I don't like that people return back to Mexico to get married <laughs> every season. You know, like it just doesn't seem real. And it, it seemed interesting to me that, they had Angela, who appeared to be the maid of honor, but they had only known each other for, like, a little over a year, which was... Mm-hmm. A timing doesn't mean anything in regards to friendships, but it just seems like Crystal probably had a better friend that she would have asked to be her maid of honor, so it all seemed a little promotional for the show, I would say. Yeah. And then also the fact of them only picking certain people to be invited to the reception like the people that didn't get invited shouldn't be too sad because that reception looked lame af like (laughs) i was like what is happening like why are they all just like sitting like it was the weirdest thing i'd ever seen it literally just looked like like an a ballroom where they put like 10 tables it was very bizarre well, they were all on their own little mini group dates trying to get into relationships. So <laughs> At somebody's <laughs> wedding. Can you imagine? I'm going to do that at your wedding. I'm just going to walk <laughs> up to people and be like, can I steal you for five minutes? Like... <laughs> Which will be hilarious because I think most of the people are actually in relationships. <laughs> probably two single men. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> Before we get into wedding details, 
or like talking about your wedding specifically, I want to talk a little bit about your relationship. So how long have you guys been together and how did you guys meet? Yeah, so we have officially been together just over five years, uh, but we were talking slash dating uh, for nine months before that five years, so basically <laughs> six years. <laughs> but uh, we met on New Year's Eve. Uh, we had we were with our respective friend groups who knew each other, and I pretty much saw him, and I was like, yep, gonna date that guy. And then here we are, two months from the wedding. <laughs> Oh my gosh, girls are so funny because we'll be like, when did you start dating? Uh, two months ago, seven days, and like 14 hours. We're all like so like exact and guys are like, I don't know, like a month. (laughs) It's just so funny. Is there any hard parts about being in a relationship or what makes it hard? Oh my gosh, it's so hard. Um, I would say it could actually be harder than being single because at the end of the day, like you are only responsible for you when you're single and you're also only responsible for yourself in a relationship, but you have to be more mindful of the other person. You have to kind of split your priorities. You know, you might want to go to the movies, but your partner might want to clean the house Mm -hmm. and maybe the house really needs to be cleaned. And, um, so it's definitely hard. Uh, I would say having really tough conversations is probably one of the hardest things. Um, So, for example, recently I came to terms with the fact that I needed to go on anxiety medication. But it was always really tough for me to hear that from him and not take it personally. Um, Especially because I'm a very sensitive person. I cry over everything. But you have to be able to have those tough conversations and... I realized at one point, wow, I'm like really mean to him. I need to, I need to get some medicine to help me calm down. So, <laughs> oh <laughs> you know, you gosh. have to also recognize those weaknesses or those areas for improvement in yourself. And I think if you're not willing to self-improve, then you shouldn't be in a relationship because relationships aren't always these perfect little neat packages They're like those packages that come from Amazon that have clearly been stomped on and you have to work together to like put it in a better package. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so important that you touched on like having somebody that is supportive and that will be there for those tough conversations because yeah, they might be really hard to have, but it makes it easier when you have someone who's at least open to having them. Because nothing can change or nothing can improve or nothing, you know, will get better essentially if you're not able to like identify those things and then come up with a plan or come up with something to try to fix them. Yeah, definitely. So shows like The Bachelor, I mean, there's a couple of other like dating shows on MTV that I can think of, but they're all garbage and I don't watch them. They portray a really like fast track relationship that leads to engagement after only a few weeks. Do you think this mentality is chasing, changing girls or changing their mentality at a younger age to have unrealistic expectations? Yeah, I think so. So first of all, it can happen. Like you hear those stories where people meet and then they're, they go on their first date and then they're married within a month and they're together for 70 years, whatever. Mm-hmm. It does happen. There are those 
instant connections there are those people however if we look at the statistics of the show it does not happen as often as we'd like it to as viewers and so I do think that thinking like oh wow yeah I could meet someone fall in love get engaged and you know have my happy ending in like six to eight weeks is a little absurd (laughs) six to eight weeks that's a month and a half to two months and you change so much from one year to the next like me at 27 is a completely different person than me at 29. So to think that like you all, like you can just have it figured out in such a short period of time and it's going to work out is definitely unrealistic for most people. Yeah, I agree. And it's just, it's always been kind of mind boggling to me because I'm like at 23, 22 years old, I wasn't on these apps. Like I wasn't really focused on getting into like a relationship, which not all of them are. But that is the purpose of these apps, you know? And so it's just been interesting over the years to see the ages of the people that are, like, open to dating. They Mm -hmm. all just seem so young. And, I mean, a lot of them are, which is a frustration I have. (laughs) I think that, and this is probably, like, a little too deep for this conversation, I think that all of that kind of goes... It circles back to media being such a heavy influence. We see these Instagram couples and we want to be like them. You know, the the couples that do yoga together, stay together, that sort of stuff. Um, And at the end of the day, that's all. It's because we're lacking connection. Mm -hmm. Like we are we are so plugged into our phones. We are so plugged into social media. And I know this is really ironic because we're talking about a TV show. But people, especially younger people document every single portion of their day Mm -hmm. so much to the point where they're lacking actual true human connection and so they're all serial daters or um you know constantly looking for the next great thing of a person like oh that person wasn't good enough for me or you know it just didn't feel right or we argued too much and Mm -hmm. it's at the end of the day like if you have a connection you have to work at that connection and I just think with how readily available media is people don't want to The good thing is you're already engaged, so you don't have to worry about that part. How did you, when you guys got engaged, like, when did you start planning? How did you start planning? What was that process kind of like for you specifically? So we knew that we'd be paying for the wedding mostly on our own. uh, And because of that, we set the wedding date out almost two years. Um, I refused to have a 2020 wedding because it just sounds too futuristic to me. Yeah. Um, so I was like, no, the latest we could do it is 29, like end of 2019. Um, so we, the first thing we did, we, we booked our venue really fast. Um, and that was like, honestly, such a huge weight off of our shoulders just to know we had that locked, locked in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just did it a little bit at a time. I would say after the venue book, after we booked the venue, we probably didn't really do anything for about five or six months. And then we really started rolling into booking all of our other major um, vendors, like our photographer, videographer, um, uh, DJ, that sort of stuff. And saved up as we went so that we don't end up in a bunch of debt. Like I know a lot of people take out really big loans for weddings or take out a lot of credit. And uh, we didn't want to do that. So we have been saving everywhere we can. Yeah. Were there, like, specific, like, rules that you followed or, like, things that you knew you wanted or things you knew you didn't want, like, a traditional wedding would have that you knew you either wanted or that you didn't want? One thing that was really important to me was that we found an officiant 
who was open to not saying, like, who gives this woman away, Mm -hmm. uh, because I am not anybody's property. But, uh, and so that was something that was really, really important to me, was finding someone who was open to um, customizing a non-denominational Christian ceremony to be a little bit more modern, more Mm -hmm. feminist, and still have those kind of aspects of our religion, which we both did grow up Christian, um, but also just bring it into um, 2019. So that was a big thing. Uh, I also, this is the perfectionist in me. I don't want a cheap looking wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, there are certain things people would suggest like, oh, why don't you just do, um, you know, gold plastic flatware? I'm like, no, like, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so those are rules that I set in, in my own mind. Did like, that person if, know you or like, <laughs> I'm confused why they suggested that. <laughs> well, one of them was my mom. <laughs> oh, so mom was just trying to save you money. And one of them was Brian. He'll <laughs> 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 oh. still bring it up sometimes. Like we were talking about something the other day and he's like, how much is the flatware we're paying for again? And I'm like, don't worry about it. It's not that much. You're like, at this point, Brian, I just need you to show up on time. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I understand that everybody's on a budget and you have to work within your budgets, but I also think that you don't have to have a cheap-looking wedding. And when I say cheap, I should specify cheap and tacky, not just cheap, like, cheap and tacky yeah because I think they're like it is important to differentiate like you can do it on a budget which would be considered cheap financially but not looking cheap which would be tacky I 100% agree we're like I'm sure I feel like every person as soon as anybody's engaged has people giving them advice and like giving them ideas and everything like that but was there like any advice from someone that really stuck with you or that you like really genuinely appreciated and that helped you throughout planning for your wedding? So first of all, I'm not one to usually like ask for advice or open up the conversation for advice because I typically don't like most advice (laughs) (laughs) in in regards to the wedding because I have such a specific vision that the only person's advice or opinions that I want are Brian's. And anybody else's really don't matter. And unless I'm asking you, like, okay, look at these shoes and these shoes. Which ones do you think would look better with my dress? Like, I, I don't open that up a lot. Yeah. However, I did have a really frustrating wedding dress experience, wedding dress shopping experience, where I kind of felt like some inappropriate I'm, – I'm trying to say this. Now. Someone didn't take – my wedding dress shopping as seriously as I wanted them to. Mm-hmm. And I don't often like being the center of attention, but I did want to feel special that day. And they kind of took that away from me. And so I posted in this wedding group that I'm in about my experience. And this was pretty early on. Uh, this was last November. And an- one of the girls replied to me and said, no one will ever be as excited about your wedding as you are. And while that was like kind of harsh to hear, Mm-hmm. it really did make me realize, okay, yeah, like I'm super excited and every moment of my every day, like something wedding crosses my mind, but it isn't important to this person at the end of the day. It's not their wedding. And so I've just had to really try to keep that in mind and I'm not going to say that I'm perfect about it. When I get upset if someone RSVP'd, no, I'm like, okay, my wedding isn't as important to them as it is to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> which sounds so stupid and like obvious, but... 
It, I mean, it does, but then at the same time, it doesn't because it's like, especially if it's someone that you're close with or that, you know, is a really good friend or something like that. It's like, hey, like this is going to be one of the biggest days of my life. It's very important. It's a huge financial, you know, expense that I'm doing. And so I don't think it's crazy or ridiculous to want people to have some enthusiasm, I guess. I yeah. Do, I do totally understand, like, not everybody's going to be super excited about everything. Like, if you were to, like, send me, like, your flatware, I'd be like, okay, cool, you know? But if it comes to, like, the big things, which I say would say, like, are the dress, like, the venue, and, like, th- certain things like that, I definitely think it is worthy of being, like, celebrated a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I feel like um, I have a, a couple of people in my life who have gotten engaged uh, since, like, after me, and every time they start talking about it, I really, even though I, like, in my head, I'd rather talk about my own wedding, um, <laughs> I, like, really try to give them my full attention and, like, and exude true warmth because I know in the moments when people didn't seem to really care about me that it actually really hurt, so yeah, I try to do that for others. Yeah. Well, that brings me to one of my final questions, but what's a piece of advice you would tell someone who is recently engaged? Elope. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. It's so funny because I feel like I asked people that and they're like, just elope. And then like when Brian and I got engaged, I was like, are you sure you don't want to elope? Because we were making our guest list and we were like at like 220 people or something originally. We got that to 209. (laughs) uh, that's only 11 people people. (laughs) Um, but uh like I was like are you sure you don't want to elope and he was like no my family will be so upset and like 10 months later he was like we should have eloped and I was like well you know too many security deposits have been paid (laughs) non-refundable gotta do it now no I would just say at the end of the day do what makes you happy one of the things I've gotten caught up in is like oh Like, my wedding is turning out a little bit more formal and elegant than I envisioned it originally. Is my barbecue buffet too casual of a food setup for this elegant gold look that I'm going for? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, no one's really going to care about that. They're going to care if the food was good. They're not going to be like, wow, they had a buffet and then they had a lot of gold. Like, And so, like, do what makes you happy. Like, if you want to have a cotton candy bar for your cocktail hour have a flipping cotton candy bar. You know, if you want to do food trucks, do food trucks. If you don't want your mother-in-law to wear purple, tell her not to wear purple. It's your wedding. I mean, don't stampede on people's feelings, but like (laughs) it's your wedding. And especially if you're paying for it, don't let them rope you into inviting a whole bunch of people you don't want to invite or, you know, doing some elaborate ceremony that you don't want to do. Yeah. Be 100% that bitch. (laughs) And if anybody is having a cotton candy bar at their wedding, send your girl an invite because... I don't know why I didn't do that because I just thought of that. Like, how incredible would that be? Cotton candy as, like, the cocktail hour? Hell yeah. Like, sign me up. (laughs) I do think we're doing the soft pretzel bar. Oh, that's going to be amazing. Soft pretzels are my weakness. I mean, they should be their own food group. (laughs) I just had this discussion at work the other day about how bread is, like, the most important food group of our lives. But Bread is the best food group and the most important meal of your day. Agreed. And then next comes cheese. 
followed by wine. I only have one last question today, and it's not really related to anything that we talked about, but I wanted to see if you would share with me a recent guilty pleasure that you have. For instance, mine is that I can't stop watching TikTok videos. Like, I watch them for hours on end, and they're so stupid, but it gives me so much joy to watch these, like, 18-year-olds lip sync <laughs> to songs. <laughs> why didn't I invent this? I felt the same way about Dub Smash. Like, why? Is that what it was called? Dub Smash? Yeah. Like, why did I not invent that? I would be so wealthy. Yeah. Um, and that's literally what I do and what I've always done in my whole life is just, like, take videos of myself singing. Okay, I would say my guilty pleasure lately, um, and I don't know if it's totally guilty, but I've been I've been drinking a lot more lately at home than I usually do, mm-hmm. um, pro- probably because of work. <laughs> but uh, I like to like get pretty buzzed and like clean and organized, <laughs> and then I just like blast music, and I'm sure my neighbors love me. I just like blast and random music too, like. It's not like the top 40s or whatever. It's, I don't know, 90s country and then like Disney and then other random and just like singing at the top of my lungs and then I fall asleep and then I wake up the next day and I'm lazy. (laughs) That has got to be one of the most Cassandra sounding statements I've ever heard. The drinking, the cleaning and organizing, and then the (laughs) random music. Like, that's the epitome of you, and that's why we love you. It's pretty accurate. Like, yeah, it's been great. I I mean, it's not all done, so there's probably a few more nights in the next month that it'll it'll happen again. (laughs) Well, thanks for sharing, even though I kind of agree it's not that guilty, but we'll accept it. It's guilty because I don't normally, like, I if I drink, I normally am drinking socially. I don't typically drink alone. Yeah. So I would say it's guilty in that way. And it's not, like, two beers. It's usually, like, five or six beers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they're yeah. not, like, Miller Lights. They're usually IPAs. <laughs> yeah, that's when you, like, posted that Instagram video where you were spinning while you were drinking the beer from the bottle, right? Am yeah. I- yeah, okay. I'm like, I think I remember this occurring once. Yeah, it was, uh, and actually that was a beer that Brian's dad had brewed and brought us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I like, I should not have had that last beer. Oh, and you guys are, didn't you guys, did you guys brew your own beer or you made your own wine? Yeah, I guess this would be a really, like, if, if you are into DIYing it, I would recommend a couple of things. Look into making your own wine. They have these places. They have one in Denver. They have one in San Diego. We made it in San Diego. Called this one is called Curds and Wine. The one in San Diego. I don't. I don't know the other ones. And they basically you make it from a kit. So you get all the grape juice. You get all the um, like sulfates and the, like the. For example, one of ours was kind of had like a woodsy flavor. So we flavored it with wood chips. Like we literally put wood chips in it. And then you, they store it there. You go later, you like do some filtering and, and like you do it from start to finish and you get to design your own labels. It it ended up saving us about $500 and we made 90 bottles of wine. That's freaking insane. That is so crazy. I don't know why more people don't do it. 
I think they, I mean, people are probably concerned that it's not going to taste good, maybe. But they guarantee all of their wine, so if something goes wrong, like, they'll replace it for you. And, like, most people for weddings aren't buying, like, the nice wine that I like to drink. They're usually buying cheap wine from, like, Trader Joe's or BevMo or Total Wines or, you know. Well, it's very cool. I can't wait to try it in less, almost two months? Almost two months. Six days. That's crazy. And I'm gonna be away. Well, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Sorry if my voice is a little weird. I think I either have allergies or I'm getting strep, like one of the two. That sounds terrible. Well, thank you for sharing all your thoughts on the bachelor world and thoughts about your wedding and everything like that. I appreciate, you know, getting your perspective on things because everyone has different perspectives and things and opinions. So it's important to share them all. My FaceTime connection got really weird and it froze on your face for like the last half of our conversation. Oh no. It's hilarious. I took a picture of how it's frozen and I'll send it to you after. But Am I still frozen? Yep. You're still frozen. (laughs) It's been hilarious.